What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Chat with Dan. This is your host, Dan. And as always, we have another amazing guest. You know the drill. Give me a couple of seconds. I'll be right back. Here we go. There you go. Perfect. Oh. Hi. How are you today, Jesse? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing good as well. Thank you so much for asking. So, welcome to the show. Welcome to Chat with Dan. I'm super honored that you were here. Uh, and before we start, let me give you uh, an epic introduction here to the show. So here we go with the with a with a crown. Well, I mean, with, with a crowd cheering effects. Here we go. At some point, I'm going to have my talk show, and it's going to be real people, and it's going to be a lot more epic. But uh, <laughs> That was pretty epic. I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. So starting the whole interview here, tell me how it all started. I mean, where does your passion start? Um, honestly, when I was a kid, I grew up as an only child okay. um, of a single mom. And I started doing accents at a really young age. And that was just sort of the way that I would play pretend. And I just, I, I always did that. And I always created these characters and these accents. And that was something that I had always had in the back of my mind. And then when I, you know, got older and got to the point where it was time for me to choose what I wanted to do with my life, mm -hmm. I always wanted to be an actor. And I had always had that creating of characters sort of ingrained in my foundation and that sort of bubbled up and um, it really came out when I started doing improv mm. at the second city. And then from there, it was just like, I was given this bigger world of freedom to be able to create those characters. And I just sort of took it off from there. Wow. Wow. And starting with your career. Uh, so you started, so you started your, your career, on acting on, on, on theater, right? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm And you were on the 12th night and you played as Maria. So tell me about that experience and about uh, your character. Um, that was pretty amazing. I did that when I lived in London for a short period of time during college. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was amazing to be able to perform um, in a theater in London, just outside the West End, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the great thing about Mariah is that She's sort of your quintessential best friend character. Okay. But she's got this grit and this attitude to her mm. that I always connected with really nicely. Um, and, you know, when I was in high school and, and earlier, you know, you always want to play the ingenue. You want to play the lead kind of thing. Yeah. But when I got to play Mariah, I was like, wait a second. She's got more to her. There's a lot of depth and there's more interesting things to play with with this mm. character. So I, uh, I really enjoyed being able to play her. And that sort of opened my eyes to the idea of, you know, connecting with my characters in a different mm. way. And, um, and I found that much more enjoyable. <laughs> oh, cool. And then you were in No Exit and you played as Kathy. So yes. tell me about that. Uh, like, uh, like um, <laughs> how do you got that gig? And what are some of the things that you enjoyed the most during that play? Um, I auditioned for that, and it was kind of a similar situation to Mariah. I had gotten that experience of playing Mariah and really being free with being that secondary character and how much freedom that actually gives you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so with Kathy, it was an interesting new take on No Exit, which is a very classic play. And it had been modernized. We were still in hell and still horrible people in hell. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, I auditioned for it and I did this thing in the audition room that the director told me afterwards she, nobody else had done. And, and she was shocked that I had done it. And because of that, I got the part. I looked her right in the eye during my audition. And normally when you're in an audition room, you know, you're going to pick a point past the director or something, or, you know, look to the side of the camera, depending on what type of audition you're doing and not involve the director in your Mm -hmm. acting. And I didn't do that. I I just (laughs) fully involved her in what I was doing. And Kath was very much a, a strong and hard character mm-hmm. that challenged uh, your ability to accept her. Mm-hmm. And so forcing my director to kind of be a part of that was a really fun situation for mm-hmm. me, probably slightly uncomfortable for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the end I got the part and she was like, you got the part because you really embodied that and you did the thing that you're not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. how cool is that? And and um, at that point, how did you usually got ready uh, before acting on uh, on stage? Um, I made a lot of playlists for myself, depending on the character. Mm. So I find that music can be really helpful in helping to create that sort of three dimensional world that a character needs. Yeah. Um, I've also in the past, I'd also sort of done lists of like. Who am I? What's my goal? Where am I? Kind of thing. But I I have found that once I've done that and I know who the character is, being able to get into that character that I have to embody on stage for a long period of time, mm. having a playlist was really, really helpful to get me into that zone. Okay. Wow. And what are some of the things that you enjoyed back then about acting on plays? Um... <laughs> Having to embody that character for, you know, an hour and a half to two hours was um, challenging, but also really fun. Mm. The other thing, too, is being on stage with other actors and getting to feed off of them and play off of them was really, really cool. Um, I definitely miss that at times. Get so much from what somebody else gives you. Of course. And also the vibe, right? Like the uh, the vibe uh, on the place while you're acting. And uh, yeah, when you're on stage and once it's done, like the whole vibe, I mean, it must be like a, like a, yeah, it must be uh, like an amazing feeling, right? Yeah, because you're all in this together, right? Mm. So you're all experiencing it individually, but also as a group. Yeah. So there's this vibe, especially when you get off stage, you have the adrenaline pumping and you're like, oh, we did that. And you hear the applause from the audience or you hear the gasps or, you know, whatever reactions immediately from the audience. So it's instant gratification too. That's so cool. And tell me what advice could you give to someone who, um, yeah, who just recently started to acting uh, on plays? Um, I would say don't worry about what other people are doing. Hmm. As far as auditions are concerned, and this is really the advice, I give anybody for any type of acting, whether it's on camera, voiceover, or stage. Yeah. 
many people will say, don't do it this way. This is the technique you have to do. You must do things this way. But if you go and you try and, you know, create your audition in the way that everybody tells you to, and it doesn't feel right to you mm. for the, the character that you're creating and embodying, then don't do that. Just because somebody else said this is the way it's done doesn't mean that that's the way you have to do it. It's mm. just the way that everybody else has been doing it. And they're not the people who are auditioning for that role right now. You are. So I think the biggest thing, whether you want to call it like be true to yourself or create your own characters or what have you. But what I have found is successful is the minute that I was like, Ooh, I know this character and this is how they act. That's what I do. Whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. So, so basically it's like just, do what you, yeah, do what your heart tells you to, right? Do what your heart tells you to, but also listen yeah. to yourself, you know? Because, like, I had had many times where I would get an audition and be like, well, I really want to do it this way, but everybody says that you shouldn't do that, or everybody's going to do things this way. How do I make it my own? And you, you get in your head so much about it mm. that instead of just looking at the page and being like, this is the character that jumps out at me from mm age and that's who I'm going to embody now and that's what I'm going to work on and I'm going to do it in this way I think that's more important and more it's more creatively fulfilling as well wow yeah it's true yeah because at the same time I think that you get the chance to like really explore through a character and to make it like your own and I think that that, that at the same time you have like a uh, like a better feeling right because you pretty much created that let's say Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the audition is really your chance to create it a hundred percent on your own. Yeah. Because once you book the job and it's a wonderful thing, you're going to be collaborating with the director and the other actors, right? Mm -hmm. So your audition is your time to shine. It's your time to be like, mm -hmm. this is what came from my brain. <laughs> How cool is that? That's awesome. And uh, moving on with your career, you also do voice acting for audiobooks. So tell me what made you wanted to start doing voiceover. Yeah. Voiceover for audiobooks or in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, uh, for audiobooks. Um, for audiobooks, I've always been a big reader. Okay. So I've always loved reading. And so you know, um, <laughs> my aunt actually one day suggested to me, she was like, I listen to audiobooks all the time. She's a huge reader and she listens to audiobooks all the time. Yeah. And she was like, you should do audiobooks. And I was like, huh, I should. All right, I'll look into it. And I started looking into it and I was like, I can, I can read for a living. <laughs> That's true. So that seemed really cool to me. And then on top of that, what I love about doing voiceover for audiobooks, I do predominantly fiction. Mm. And... The majority of what I do, I'm the only narrator. So I am literally doing all of the voices. Huh. So I get to inhabit all of the characters and the whole story. And it's almost like going back to stage where you're creating this play yeah. out of the words that are on the page. And my favorite thing about doing audiobooks is when you get an author who's like, you took my words and you made them, you know, come to life or... Yeah you are the voice that I heard in my head when I was writing that character. Like that's, 
that always makes me so happy. So cool. And tell me how you would usually prepare for an audition for audiobooks. For audiobooks, so they'll send me the audition side. So I'll read through the, the section that they send me. And I get a sense for, okay, it's this type of story or that type of story, right? Um, so they'll say, we have a historical fiction. Mm. Great. But then within that historical fiction, I will start looking at the, the sides and go, okay, however, this story is between these two people and what's the conflict here? Okay. You know, it's the same way that I would break down a play, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, so find the conflict between the characters, how many characters are there? The next thing I'm going to do is, does anybody have an accent? Is anybody from anywhere that is distinct that we should recognize that? Um, and then from there, sort of get an idea of the, the size and shape of the characters in my head. And that will inform the voice that I do for each character. Um, cause physicality I find to be a really beneficial and important way to create the voices for those characters. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I usually do it, uh, twice mm -hmm. and set that off. <laughs> wow. And, uh, what are some of the things that you enjoy the most about doing, uh, that voice acting for, uh, audiobooks? Um, I would say the, the biggest thing is when I get into the meat of a story mm -hmm. and I really find that I'm in that story that as I'm reading it, I can see everything that's going on around me, yeah. you know, see the environment that was created by those words. Um, I love it also when I feel really embodied in the main character of a story. Um, I did, <laughs> I did one book that was a YA uh, romantic comedy that the minute started reading it I was like oh I am this person this is great <laughs> <laughs> so I I love it when that happens I also love it when it forces me as a person to take a look at aspects in somebody else's life that I may not have thought about before okay um I'm really lucky to have worked with some incredibly talented authors who are just so good at tapping into um, the truth of some very deep and hard situations in people's lives that I may or may not have had to deal with. Okay. And so being able to take a look at that and sort of learn empathy for those situations, but also inhabit it in a way where I'm like, I never thought about things from that perspective before and now I do so I feel both educated and expanded in how I view the world a lot of times okay wow and what are some of the favorite yeah what, what what are some of your favorite characters for the uh, audiobooks that you did um well like I said the the rom-com that I did for a book called better than the movies was one of my favorites. Um, it was, it was wonderful and fun and um, awkward. <laughs> and I felt uh, very close to Liz, the main character um, in that sort of awkwardness because <laughs> that's how <laughs> in high school. Um, so I loved that. I also love, um, there's a book I did some time ago called After Zero, 
that was about a 12 year old girl who had something that I had never heard of before called selective mutism, okay. which basically was, she had gone through a traumatic experience and because of that, she chose not to speak. There was nothing hmm. physically keeping her from speaking, but she felt that if she spoke, life just inherently became worse. And so she worked every day to not say any words. Huh. Uh -huh. And I was, I had never heard of this before. And the way that the author, Christina Collins wrote this book was just beautiful. Um, and I really enjoyed being able to inhabit that and also learn about yeah. that. I thought that was great. Um, I also love some of the other ones I get to, I get to voice Sabrina for the chilling adventures of Sabrina, the audiobook series, which is really fun. Um, I love the Netflix series, so I get to tie it in together, which is really yeah, nice. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, now for the agony house and wilder girls, you received the earphones award winner. Tell me about that experience. Agony House was fantastic. So I had a very small part in Agony House, but it was so cool because Scholastic, the publisher, did this really cool thing. It's a book within a book, basically. So okay. it's a graphic novel inside of this uh, regular book. Mm. The characters in the book find the graphic novel. So I played the main character in the graphic novel. And Scholastic did this really cool thing where they kind of turned it into a radio play. So there were sound effects and music and, you know, all this fun narration. And I got to be a superhero in it, which was so cool. So cool. Um, and I just loved the creativity. Scholastic does this a lot. The creativity that they had in creating this audio experience, mm. the print version of this novel. I thought was genius. So I loved being a part of that. And I was very honored that we, we won the earphones award for that. Um, Wilder girls was really interesting as well. I, that was mainly narrated by Eileen Stevens, who's amazing. Um, I also had a, I just had a few chapters in it, hmm. but the chapters I did have, I thought it was really cool because it's this really interesting sort of like almost post-apocalyptic world. Okay. And um, my character by it was just sort of like, <laughs> she was having, I don't want to give too much away. She was having this strange um, illness occur mm. for her. And so it was this situation where I really had to think about, okay, you've been under some sort of drug anesthesia type thing. How would your mind really be working at that time and so you know that when you're coming out of the fogginess yeah. if you ever had a tooth pulled or something like that and you're sort of like wait where am I what's going on um and so I tried to really inhabit that into her dialogue and such and I I really it was fun because it was very different from anything else I had done wow yeah it sounds very very interesting huh <laughs> By the way, do you think that that you could... So so we have uh, spoilers on movies, right? 
but mm-hmm. uh, but until a certain time, you can give the spoiler and it's okay. But for books, do you think that applies the same rule or do you just say any spoiler at all? Um, I think it depends on the book yeah. and the series. You know, with something like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the show's out. You've either watched the show or you haven't. And the books on the show. So, you know, those spoilers are out there. I can't do anything about that. Yeah. Um, for the most, you know, I think once a book has been out for a good amount of time and I've experienced it a lot, mm. I personally think, you know, I'm not going to go around and be like, let me tell you the end of this book. <laughs> um, you know, I will do my best to keep to the the blurb and the synopses that the author and the publisher have come up with because yeah. that's that's what they've worked really hard to create and I don't want to mess that up um, but I think at a certain point you know books are one of those mediums that I feel like movies are too but books are meant to be digested and discussed and you know talked about mm-hmm. like minded people and I think that there's so much to be gained from that mm-hmm. so so long as you and the other person are in agreement with what you're t- going to talk about mm-hmm. i think okay but i think going out there being on social media and being like here's the ending of this book <laughs> that's not nice <laughs> yeah, that's not nice at all yeah yeah that's true now you were also nominated for after zero and nevertheless we persisted me too tell me also about uh, about that experience Um, well, like I said, After Zero was the book about the girl with selective mutism. I was really honored to be nominated for that, and I thought that was really amazing. Nevertheless, we persisted. I was really just a very, very tiny part of that book. Okay. Um, I was a part of this really wonderful thing that Tanya Eby, who put that, that book together, um, created, which was this chorus mm. of people at the end, basically... Um, vocalizing our support for those who need to speak up or can't Mm. or afraid that there aren't people there who will support them if they do speak up. And, um, and I, I literally had one line and was super, super tiny in that, but I was honored to be a part of it. So cool. Wow. Now, uh, moving on with your career, you also do um, English dubbing. Now, You did the English uh, voice for Daniela in Ingobernable. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me, how did you got that gig? And, and how was the experience for doing the dubbing for a Spanish show? I love doing the dubbing, um, and especially for Spanish shows, because I feel like sometimes I, maybe my Spanish is getting a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe. It's not always directly translated, so I'm probably wrong. Yeah. But... Um, For Ingobernable, I loved doing that show. That was the first dubbing job I ever did. Wow. Yeah. And I got that from Facebook. Amazing. <laughs> no. That's so cool. Um, I was in a voiceover group, and mm. uh, the casting director for that posted that they were looking to audition people. And so I auditioned for it. And actually, the part I auditioned for was Emiliano, which was the first part that I got because I also uh-huh. do boy voices. So I was doing Emiliano and they were like, we're going to have Daniela too. So cool. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> 
so that was really fantastic. And I got to do uh, both seasons of that. Um, I really, I loved that. Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah. Wow. And you, you also did uh, several dubbing for movies uh, and, and TV shows such as uh, Sabura, Cathedral on Sea, Cable Girls, uh, Babylon of Berlin. Tell me, for the characters you did the dubbing, which ones would be your favorites? Um, <sighs> Cathedral on the Sea, um, I was the adult version of Mom, which was a Spanish show from Spain. Mm. Um, I, I loved that one. Um, it really, I got to really tap into some acting skills with that, which I appreciated. Not that you don't necessarily get to do that with all dubbing jobs, but a lot of times, you know, we need to be informed by what the actor on screen did and yeah. make sure that we're honoring that. And with that one, um, it was a really hard uh, storyline, basically about a, a woman who's abducted uh, during the Spanish Inquisition. Um, and there was some, some stuff that we really needed to tap into in order to create what the actress on screen had created, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I was really pleased that I was able to, to go there, but also to come back from that. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed playing that. I loved playing Tony in Babylon, Berlin. I thought she was just this sort of fun, precocious Uh, 14 year old which was great but she was also learning her way in the world um, so there was this fun sense of discovery that I got to have with her as well wow how cool and and how did you like how you meant for for example for um, for uh, for the Spanish shows mm -hmm. like uh, how like how would you manage to to um, how, like to nail some of the jokes or some of the, or some of like the, uh, of the intense dialogue they're having in Spanish, but how you make that in English to make it sound like exactly the same, like, like how long usually would take, uh, would take for you to, uh, to, uh, to achieve that? Well, um, with, with dubbing, we're really lucky. Um, so the way it happens that I, that I'm aware of is that the show goes from its original language to a translator. Okay will translate it into English mm -hmm. and give you the lines and then that will, or transcribe it. That will then be sort of tweaked a little bit because not everything, you know, translates directly, especially yeah. jokes or things like that. So we might tweak it a little bit so that it fits right. And then we'll, we'll do a pass, you know, a recording pass on it to see if it works with what's on screen. Mm -hmm. And we use a program called voice cue, which is basically like, um, like karaoke so the words are oh. along the screen and it's already timed out for you you know you have that as the words light up once the words have finished lighting up you have mm -hmm. to be done saying your line because that's when the character's mouth is no longer moving yeah so we want to make sure that it fits as they're moving their mouth sometimes it doesn't quite fit so sometimes yeah. we have to get a little bit more Sometimes we didn't get the joke quite right or it didn't translate quite right. So maybe we'll change it one more time. We'll take a look at the scene again and see the actor's intention to be like, what were they trying to say? Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, I would say 
everybody's usually very, very efficient and good at their jobs. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't take too long to do each line. Um, just depends on, on how much <laughs> something it makes sense in one language in comparison to another. Mm. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you will have like a screen there and your microphone and the screen will be, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. Um, and tell me any advice that you could give to someone who is starting in dubbing? Um, I would say <clears throat> one thing would be Netflix is amazing with localization. So I would say, you know, watch Netflix shows from other countries and then watch mm -hmm. them with your native language on to see mm -hmm. how it comes off being dubbed. Yeah. So that'll give you an idea of what would be expected. Um, as far as the technique of dubbing is concerned, there are people who do workshops on it sometimes. So mm -hmm. I would say look out for those. Um, and try and do a workshop on dubbing or at least a workshop with somebody who is a dubbing director or casting director. Mm -hmm. um, those are, those are definitely invaluable because I will say the first job I did in Gobernable, I had never worked with voice cue before. I had never done a job before. Mm -hmm. I had done ADR jobs, which are like where we add in voices for extras and stuff for TV and movies. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a very different experience, but since I had that background, I think it helped me and I'm a very quick learner and mm -hmm. like, okay, just read the words. Um, but, uh, I would say it might've been nice to have done a workshop beforehand so I could be like, yes, I know what I'm doing. Wow. Awesome. And <clears throat> Moving to, uh, moving on to your film and television career, you did the voice match for Chloe Grace Moretz on If on If I Stay. Tell me how that process works. Um, so, eighty as I said, I do ADR as well, yeah. mm -hmm. um, which is also known as looping. And I had uh, I googled a bunch of groups that do ADR in Los Angeles, where I'm based. Yeah. And uh, I sent them my demo and I told them my background. And eight months later, I got an email <laughs> from them saying, hey, do you want to audition for this voice match? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Sure. And, um, and I'm a pretty good mimic for voices that are within my range. Yeah, of course. So I worked on it and I, um, I was able to work with an engineer on it as well. And we took the audition material and really inhabited what, you know, was given. And I also have a, a choral background mm. from singing. And so I can kind of hear where a person's voice, you know, where they go up in their notes and down in their notes. And if it sounds like they're talking on the side of their mouth or their mouth is more closed or more open, mm -hmm. using more teeth, that kind of thing. And so I sort of, take all of that into account with what I'm given and my very best to match it as, as closely as I can. Wow. Wow. And, and you also, you also, um, you did for the unsettling season one, you did the ghost woman. So tell me, tell me about how do you got that gig? Um, again, that was, we were there doing ADR for the show. Mm. And they were like, oh, we need somebody to do the voice for the ghost. And um, 
I volunteered. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that, that was, that's kind of probably the most boring way to get a job. Um, I was there <laughs> and, uh, and also did what they were looking for. They were mm-hmm. like, we want this sort of scary, ethereal, throaty type situation because she's evil. Um, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. And and I gave them an example and they were like, yep, yeah, that's it. Let's do it. And so we just did it on the spot. <laughs> How cool is that? And like for, like, has it happened to you uh, frequently that you do the audition and then they will reply like a couple of months later like yeah you're in or something like that oh my gosh it, yeah i mean depending on the job commercials usually you'll find out sooner than mm. than other things but yeah i did uh, the division two for example i auditioned for that three times um and i didn't know what i was auditioning for until i got i didn't even know what i booked until i got in the room yeah Um, but for that one, I think the first time I auditioned for it was in November or December the year before mm-hmm. and then I auditioned for it again in March and then again in May and then I booked it in June. What? Yeah. So, I mean... Things like that, you you never know when things yeah. are going to come through, especially with video games and animation, because, I mean, they're all, those things take time. Yeah, for absolutely. Eight, you know? Yeah. And though they're like, okay, we're ready to cast the voice, they're not necessarily ready to record the voice because they're still developing it, and perhaps mm. that character changes. Yeah, it's true. Huh. Now, uh, now that you mentioned... Uh, commercial gigs tell me how you how you will usually come up with a boy stone for each one for commercials mm-hmm. um a lot of times that's dictated by what the client wants okay um so and they'll tell like when you get the audition the majority of the time they want realistic grounded conversational that's yeah. pretty much the the style that's going on right now um the then then you'll get in there and The client will be like, great, your audition was awesome. Let's go ahead. Let's do it. And and you go from there. And they'll they'll tweak it to whatever they're they're looking for. Um, but for the most part, it's it's dictated by what they're asking and the, the specs that they give you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll get a, a audition for a commercial and be like, okay, I'm gonna give you one that's totally the specs. And then I'm going to give you one that has a little bit more attitude on it or a little bit more something because the way it's written, I feel like I want to do it, yeah. like, you know, or sometimes that's the only one I give them. I won't even give them the one that meets the specs exactly because everybody. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that sort of goes back to the everybody, you know, they say, don't, don't do it this way. Yeah, absolutely. I want to do it the the way that it, it reads off the page to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that's 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 like the key or or the most important thing. On I mean, because it's it's you who are doing it, right? So yeah. Wow, and what do you like the most about doing commercial ads? Um, I like it when I get to do commercials that have character to them. Okay. I I don't think I've ever been cast in anything that's like 
Macy's or like the, you know, the brand voice of something. I usually find that the quirky character type commercials are the ones that I gravitate toward anyway. And those Mm -hmm. are the ones that I end up booking usually. Um, So I like doing those. (laughs) That's cool. Wow. Now, um, you also, so moving on with your career, you did several, you did several voices for Assassin's Creed, the syndicate animated short film. So tell me about that experience. And was it like the first time you were doing voice acting for, yeah, for kind of a, um, uh, for a video game franchise? That was the first time that I had Im- had been been involved with anything video game related. Okay. Um, so this was a short film that they put together to sort of promote the game at mm-hmm. Comic here. And it was a really cool film yeah. that was um, directed by F. Gary Gray. And it like has this like graphic novel type feel to it, which was really cool. A friend of mine was working on it from a voiceover class I was in. And he was like, hey, I know you do ADR and you boy voices as well as female voices. Would you be interested in doing this? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and they already had picture. So I got to record to picture, which was really fun. Because um, a lot of times, like when I did Division Two, they didn't have picture yet. So I had no idea what it was going to look like still. <laughs> um But but getting to do that and be a part of that was really, it made me feel like a badass. I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. And then for the division two, so you did several, uh, yeah, several voices for uh, several voices for the for the game. Now mm-hmm. was it exhausting to do like the combat lines? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I recorded on that job. I think I recorded three days on that job mm. and it might've been four. I can't, I can't remember now. Um, but being a soldier, being an actual soldier is very hard. Pretending to be a soldier is hard as well. Um, there's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of, the thing about voice acting is it's, it's incredibly physical. Yeah. So even though you're like, but it's just your voice, how? It has to come from every part of your body. And especially I find when I'm playing characters of strength, your whole body tenses up and your shoulders are up against mm-hmm. your ears. And you're, you know, that that job was so fun because they actually had props. So like I had a fake gun so that I could feel what it was like to actually have yeah. that. I was, you know, looking through the site and, Um, checking things out. I had a grenade that I was throwing, fake grenade. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I thought that was genius that they had those so that you could really get that physicality in your lines mm-hmm. because, you know, it's one thing to be like, grenade, but it's another thing to be like, grenade, you know, and you're, yeah. you actually get that um, energy and that emphasis yeah. behind what you're doing. So I, I loved it, but it was definitely one of those things where, um, I'm really glad to be protected by the union <laughs> here because uh, you can only do a four hour session. So that was good. So we did that in the morning and then I literally did not speak the rest of the day <laughs> <laughs> um, in order to uh, give myself a little bit of a break. And I mean, yeah. that's 
that's really something that we have to make sure that we do to protect our, our vocal cords and our voices. Cause that's our livelihood. Yeah. Uh, and with a job like that, really the, the only way to, to recover from something like that is vocal rest. So I just didn't speak for a number of hours. <laughs> yeah, of course. How cool is that? Yeah. I mean, I agree with the whole, um, about taking care of the voice. Uh, for me, uh, I'm also a DJ. So one time it happened that I went to, I played in this festival and they gave me a microphone to speak. And I was like, nah, I don't need it. So I took on my voice, but I was screaming like one hour, just screaming and shouting, whatever. And then by the end of it, I remember that I finished, everything was cold. So I went backstage, drink a little. And then when I started speaking, my voice was sounding horrible. I mean, I couldn't speak. It was sounding like, like, you know, like, it was horrible. I couldn't. So I remember that I was just saying like, like when it, like very, like very, very calmly saying like, I'm going home because I couldn't like speak anymore. <laughs> so for the rest of the, yeah, for the rest of the evening, I just stayed home and that pretty much lasted like, uh, like almost, yeah, like almost. So that, so that, that whole evening and pretty much part of the, part of the day that I just couldn't, that I just couldn't speak. So I was like, huh, it's really like, like it's really awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a muscle, you know? Mm. So it's like, if you overworked your biceps, they're going to be really sore and you're going to yeah. lift the same amount you were lifting before. So it's the same thing with your vocal cords and your voice box. You know, you need to let it relax and let it recuperate from what you just yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's very, it's very, like, uh, it's awesome, like, doing that, because uh, the other day I was watching this, uh, I mean, like, years ago, I watched this video from uh, from Bradley Cooper, who did, the who did like, the rocket voice mm -hmm. for Guidance of the Galaxy, and there's this video in which he's just, like, watching to the screen and doing, like, the voices, but pretending like, a, like, but pretending like he's having, like a, like, like, a gun or something, and you can see him, like, screaming or something, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Exactly, yeah. Oh, awesome. And tell me what do you what you will usually do after a long session? Uh, like, what is the number one thing you do after? Like, you're you're not going to do voiceover for the rest of the day. What what do you do in order like to relax or something? Um, if it's been a really long day, I will also not speak very much. Um, mm -hmm. afterwards. um, a lot of times, what I would do to sort of like unwind from something like that. Okay. There's got to be something on Netflix that I want to watch, you know, Netflix or Hulu or something that I want to yeah. watch. I can kind of just zone out to a little bit because I find, especially when I have long days where I either have one long session or multiple sessions in a day, um, it requires a lot of brain power. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, you know, you kind of want something where you can veg a little bit, you know, mm. sort of like, whether it, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I watch reality television. Um, and so <laughs> there might be some sort of horrible reality television show on, or what I really love are things like the great British baking show, or, yeah. you know, there's a, a pottery show now and a jewelry make, like I like seeing people make things mm. and see them be nice to each other. <laughs> um, so a lot of times I will veg out to that. And if it's been a really long day, I'm going to have some ice cream. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree on that. Especially that. Yeah. The whole ice cream part. Yeah. <laughs> now, 
Now you were uh you also uh you also did Sandy in the animated app Can Academy for uh, for kids. So what did you enjoy the most about doing uh the voice for that project? Um the thing I enjoy the most about that is that I'm helping to teach kids. Yeah. Um that's probably my favorite thing. Um one of the best compliments I've ever gotten is that another audiobook narrator her son uses that app and when we met and she found out I was the voice of Sandy she was like wait a second my son uses that app and he loves Sandy and his name is also Jesse oh, cool. so it was like very cool hmm. um so i love creating an impact an impact with kids in yeah. that um i also love Khan Academy kids i think they're a great program and a great organization So I love being able to be involved with that. And it's it's one of the few times that I get to do this like fun upbeat bubbly voice because that yeah. that's not what I do most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh cool. And tell me if you could do the voice over for a movie, TV show or video game, which one would you choose? Oh gosh. Um I've I've always sort of fantasized about doing the voiceover for Lara Croft. Um for cool. Tomb Raider. I yeah, I yeah. I think that she's badass. I think she's really cool. I would love to do that. And that game has been around like my whole life, I feel yeah. like. So, you know, to be a part of a storied franchise like that I think would be really cool. I also think it'd be very cool to do voiceover for Halo. Because um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's also a game that I've played forever, um, and I love that game. As as far as animation is concerned, I mean, there are so much. It's hard to say like what character I would want to do the voice for, because mm. they're all, they're all changing. Like even the classic characters that we yeah. grew up with, you know, we're reinterpreting them now, and I love the way that they're being reinterpreted, and I think that's so cool because it also gives us as actors more freedom to create something new with yeah. the character. Um so I don't I don't know about that. I mean, I think it would be amazing to be on Looney Tunes or like the Flintstones or something like that. I would love to do um Pebbles. I think that would be I mean, cool. yeah. yeah, Pebbles on on the Flintstones, I would totally be down with. So awesome. Yeah. And for a movie, like a, for a movie franchise? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I have a friend who's constantly saying you're going to be in Finding Nemo 7. I know it. Um so, <laughs> you know, to be in in a, a Pixar movie of that any would be, cool. would be pretty epic. I feel like I'd be like, "Okay, cool. I made it. I'm good. I'm good." I mean, I'd like to continue to work, but if I could do that, that would be <laughs> that would be really really cool. Um I would love that, you know they've they've made these amazing you know with Coco and and now with Luca they've made these really amazing films about um these great places and and if they're looking to make you know a a film about an eastern european jew in a shtetl in you know poland yeah i'm here for that <laughs> that's so cool yeah yeah you know also i think like um that because of the whole animation these days that has become like really really amazing with the whole technology thing i think that it gives you like more like more job for you guys right the chance mm -hmm. to portray more characters and mm -hmm. we see it now with also with video games that 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 they look amazing right now 
and then they and and now that they require someone to keep the voice to look like more more realistic right not like the video games like back in the day when the voice was horrible <laughs> and and they would be speaking and you would be like come on nobody's reacting like that but okay right. fine or they or or the voice for like for those type of video games was super cringe or something and now you see it that 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 they put it like a lot of effort on it and i think that is also make that is also one of the reasons that that a game can be like a like a good one for the whole voice acting that the whole cast is doing for that project so absolutely um there's a, a star wars game that came out recently oh, crap i can't remember the the subtitle of it but uh i was just blown away by the cinematics yeah and and the storyline of it but also just the, the acting was incredible yeah um and, and it was it was just beautifully done and and the realism of it even though you're like okay it's a star wars but no like this there was such groundedness and reality in mm. all of it i thought it was amazing yeah you mean the one from jedi fallen order or the recent yes, one yes fallen oh. order Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, that is a really amazing one. And also yeah. the fact that they're including also that sometimes they would they would include the actor for the voice and for the motion capture. Yep. That's yeah, in awesome. all of the main ca characters were the the people who did the mocap on it as well. Mm -hmm. Which I find them to be amazing. Um they're just so inspiring to me. I love them all. Yeah, that's really cool. And yeah. tell me if you could describe your career at the moment mm -hmm. with five words Which ones you will use? Um, scrappy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, dedicated. Um, hustling. Um, creative and individual. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And could you recommend a movie or a TV show? Let's see. Um, It's not a happy show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I am a huge fan of Handmaid's Tale. I mean, mm. I, I the acting is phenomenal. I think the writing is superb. Um, at some point, I would like something happy to happen on there, but yeah. um, it's just from a a creativity standpoint, it's it's a masterclass. I feel like. In, mm -hmm. in act, I think it's amazing as far as the show is concerned. Um, a movie, it's an old movie, <laughs> and it is one of my favorite movies on the planet. And it's called The Court Jester with Danny Kay. Oh, I haven't saw it. I haven't saw it. It's, I, I want to say it came out in the 50s or 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, Angela Lansbury is in it as well. And uh, for Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> no. um, Danny Kaye was sort of the, to me anyway, the the king of physical comedy. Mm -hmm. And the freedom he had and the timing he had, I feel like are such, like you could really learn a lot from that and also he's just so entertaining and he sings really well and he dances really well and it's just fun um 
that's a good one to just sort of like watch because it's fun. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Now, now tell me what, um, what motivates you? I mean, what drives you? I mean, you, you have done a lot of amazing, awesome things. So I want to know like what motivates you to keep going and going, going and going and going like, Um, the opportunity to continue to create, mm. um, and, and the fact that I get the opportunity to create something new with each job that I do. Okay. Um, sometimes some of the jobs are similar, but I can always find the individuality and nuance in each job. Mm. And the fact that I get to do that for a living yeah. constantly drives me, um, also the fact that I used to not be able to create for a living. You know, I used to have a survival job. I had to, I was a waitress for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful that I did that. It paid my rent and, you know, made it so that I could do what I do now, but I don't want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a big motivator for me, for sure. Um, you know, the, the fact that I'm, I'm, creating something that I can say I was a part of bringing it from, from one thing and turning it into another mm. and it's lasting in some way, I think is a really cool opportunity. And, mm. and, um, I'm, I'm pregnant right now. So I like that. I'll get to leave that behind for my daughter and, yeah. you know, I'm really excited that if I get too tired, I can just put on one of the audiobooks and <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm reading to her. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, basically you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Thank God of technology, huh? <laughs> How awesome is that? And, and like my last question would be like, what is, yeah. Like what would be the legacy that you would like to, to share to like to future generations coming? Um, that every character that I had the great fortune to portray, I inhabited fully. Mm. That didn't okay. just do a voice, you know, that I helped three dimensionalize yeah. what could be a two dimensional piece of art. Um, that I collaborated with those who created it in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something that's really important that I learned early on. The voice and the actor are really the last piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. There are so many people behind the scenes and in the background who created this from the beginning, you know, aside from the person who developed it, right? The writer, We're talking animation and video games. You have the animator. You have mm -hmm. the, the visual effects person. There are all these people who go into creating these properties and these ideas and epic stories. And it's my job to then take that and be willing to collaborate with them mm -hmm. in order to just make it fly out of the screen for the consumer or the, the listener, you know, yeah. or the player. Um, and so long as what you see that I've done does that for you, then I've done my job. Wow. That's awesome. And you are doing it by the way. So <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> wow, that's really, yeah, that's really cool. Huh? I'm, I'm speechless. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I mean, Jesse, thank you so much for uh, for for giving yeah for giving me the uh, the opportunity and and also the time you gave to this uh, to be part of the show. I mean, you are a super talented um, uh, actress. I mean, I can't wait to see one day uh, for you to uh, for you to make the voice for Tomb Raider or for a <laughs> Pixar movie. That would be cool. Uh, which, by the way, I think it's possible because the last trilogy of the of the Tomb Raider it's done, so probably for the next one, I think that would be, that would be that would be that like uh, like a spot. or or with Halo too. I mean, they're pretty much making Halos like 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 uh, a lot of times. So <laughs> probably or or maybe in a in another uh, video game. But I definitely look forward to to uh, to hear more of your. Yeah, to see it and to hear more about your awesome work. Keep doing what you're doing. Also, congratulations for your uh, pregnancy. That's really cool. Um, and yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It was really fun to be able to chat with you. Awesome. Awesome. Also, those who are watching, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Uh, also, if you're, if you're listening to this later from the on, on the podcast, make sure that you're following her. So, so normally what I will do is that uh, I will tell is to, to, to put pause follow Jesse right now in all of her social media, leave a bunch of likes and then come back to, uh, to, uh, to this, uh, yeah, to the end of this, of this session. Again, Jesse, thank you so much. I keep having an amazing rest of the day and a super week. You too. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.